This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold, and I am Dustin Gold. That's a fascinating article, folks. Really. This is a brilliant piece here at CBC News. Brilliant piece. I couldn't have done a better job myself. It goes on to say, for technocracy, schemes like a universal basic income simply postpone the inevitable day of reckoning for the price system. Quote, you can't fumble along with the system and just patch up the symptoms. End quote, explained Tom Mason in a recent phone interview from his home in Tampa Bay, Florida. Mason is 99 years old and has been involved with technocracy since the 1940s. Quote, politicians today don't want to address the disease. They just want to treat the symptoms. And you can only patch up the symptoms so far. End quote. And so there's a wonderful picture here of Tom Mason. He looks like the Wizard of Oz. He actually does look like the Wizard of Oz. That full head of white hair with the quaff and everything. That is, I think. It goes on to say, for technocracy, addressing the, quote, disease, end quote, meant doing away with the price system and the political infrastructure that supported it. They could provide citizens with far more security than any kind of guaranteed basic income. Quote, under the technate, We will be responsible for the health and well-being of every human being, end quote, Howard Scott declared, quote, that is more than any political government ever did, end quote. So as you see what Howard Scott, the founder of this Technocracy Incorporated, who advocated for the technate, which would basically be the territory of multiple countries formed under this one government called the technate. Um, was that the technate would be responsible for the health and well-being of every human being, right? So the scientists and engineers are going to make sure you're okay, right? Because if we can't trust supposed elected representatives, we can definitely trust the scientists and engineers. Go have a conversation with with one, folks. <laughs> if you're out there, you know what I'm talking about. You guys are weird. You guys are weird. <laughs> i'm serious there's an engineer in my family there's an engineer in our uh, aqua class that my wife and i take you guys are strange individuals and so as i said if you concentrate the power under the engineers they will eventually engineer humanity out of existence because they are looking for perfection and there is no perfection and they're always looking for problems to solve so they will constantly find problems and as you move towards trying to engineer everything into uh perfect streamlined you know perfection you will end up engineering everything out of existence i just said to somebody on twitter today 
this idea of progress and progressivism and technocracy fall under this concept of pro- progress lead to one lead to one logical conclusion that is engineering humanity out of existence i'm telling you that's just what it is i we should make an equation like yuval noah harari we could stand there at the board and go progress equals engineering humanity out of existence because that's what's going to happen folks and, and and many of them are already talking about it these guys that are transhumanist transitional humans working towards a post-human world post-human is anti-human it is no human goes on to say technocracy's plan was to replace the price system with a system based on energy okay this is very important because this is going to lead into all of your questions on cbdc that we're going to talk to jim for the hot wire about folks technology's plan was to replace the price system with a system based on energy In the 1920s, Scott and his colleagues began a hugely ambitious program called the Energy Survey of North America. So this is pre-1933, pre when he founded Technocracy, Inc. He's doing this in the 1920s. He calls it the Energy Survey of North America. The idea was to establish a value for all the goods and services produced on the continent, not by measuring how much labor was expended or how much money was spent but on the amount of energy used to produce them all right so everything is now tracked by energy right they would then divide the total amount of energy used by the number of citizens in the technate over the age of 25 and issue each of those citizens an equal number of energy certificates whether they were employed or not these certificates would be the technate's currency, right? So you get rid of the, whether it was a gold-backed monetary system or now a, a debt-based system, all right? So you're going to replace this now with energy certificates. So they measure everything in North America to figure out how much energy is expended, how much energy is used to produce everything. And then you're going to divide all that up, the total amount of energy used by the number of citizens that live in the technate over the age 25, and then you're going to issue each of those citizens an equal number of energy certificates. All right, you understand how this works? All right, that's how the money system works. Every time you bought something, some of your energy credits would be deducted. And because the certificates would be issued directly to the owner, they couldn't be bought, sold, traded, or stolen. No one would be able to accumulate more than anyone else. It was a prescription for a radically egalitarian state that might have made a Bolshevik blush. All right, so now everyone monetarily is equal right it's equal because let, let's just look at the energy certificates as if they were something you're familiar with dollar bills okay so let's say at the beginning of every year look at it like the monopoly board game i forgot the total amount i haven't played in a while is it fifteen hundred dollars so let's say at the beginning of every year you're issued one thousand five hundred dollars and everyone in the entire country will say the united states in this case is the technate will be issued one thousand five hundred dollars but that money has your name printed on it right so you can't 
sell it to anyone else, trade it to anyone else, uh, steal it from someone else because only you can use it and you're going to have to have an ID that matches that money, right? And that's it. Now, everyone is equal and they're distributed this money, let's say in this case, uh, instead of energy credits, let's say everyone makes an equivalent of $1 an hour. So they figure out how many hours, uh, 40 hours, and then they distribute the money. Same thing here. They're adding up the total energy that goes into creating all the goods, and then you're going to be distributed an equal share of those energy credits. Now, you'd say to yourself, well, how the hell could you do that? Because it says right here that they can't be bought, sold, traded, or stolen. So it keeps everyone on an equal footing. Well, how could they have done this back then? They really couldn't. But now, oh, now with CBDC, they can do it. They could do it because whether you are accessing your government uh, wallet, your technate wallet, your crypto wallet uh, by your smartphone or by your brain chip in your head or by the rice-sized microchip in your hand, um, you can't buy, sell, or trade that stuff. It's just assigned to you. So this idea of energy credits is something that came about all the way back in the 1920s. And this is the system we see coming into play today. And Jim from the Hotwire will get into the timeline in which he sees CBDC rolling out. And the way that it's working, they're now creating the architecture and the infrastructure for it. But this is going to be worldwide. It will not be nation-state to nation-state CBDC. It's all going to be on an international system. It has to be for it to work. It goes on to say, in the technate, your work life wouldn't begin until age 25. Once you join the labor force, you'd work 16 hours a week. You'd get about 78 days of vacation a year. And you'd retire when you're 45. Sounds wonderful, folks. But then again, they're going to give you a certain amount of energy certificates that's the same as everyone else. So no one is above anyone else in this system. You can't work hard and accelerate. Everyone is going to live in a 400-square-foot pod prison cell. Does it sound familiar? I mean, this is where we're going, folks. This is what they're selling now. The difference is they don't really get up on the stage and talk about it like a politician selling you a message. They're just actually building it and then propagandizing and brainwashing and mind-controlling people into it through however they're reaching our children and grandchildren. Because even for someone like me, they know that we'll probably resist. So this is something that's going to be rolled out over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It goes on to say, only a small percentage of adults in the technate would have jobs. And Scott thought that should be a cause for celebration. Many of those, quote, hand tool, end quote, jobs were not very good to begin with. So why weep if they could now be done by a machine? People who clung to old-fashioned ideas about the value of work were, quote, suckers, end quote. Quote, one of the lowest social diseases is the belief in the morality of work, end quote. He told an audience in Calgary, quote, if you want to know what work has done for you, go home and look in the mirror and see what a mess you are, end quote. 
Scott believed that people freed from having to work for a living and secure in the knowledge that all their material needs would be taken care of would be able to fulfill themselves through the arts, recreation, religion, or education, all of which would thrive in the technique. Now, ask yourself this, folks. If education were allowed to thrive within the technate, then would the people not be revolting against the system because they would be educated on the fact that the system was really a giant slave plantation? Right? Where are you going to practice this art or be able to do recreation uh, or get involved in uh, religious causes uh, if you're limited to the food bucks they give you, your energy coupons, right? So you're going to use those energy coupons to get involved in these things and buy art supplies and everything. They're not even going to create art, art supplies in a technate, folks. This is a communist-run, top-down system in which you work for the state. It's, it's a prison where you are going to work to print license plates for these people. It goes on to say this idea that people long to be uh, relieved of the burden of their labor has been a staple of utopian literature since the 19th century, but it ignores some deeper realities. Oh, yes, it does ignore some deeper realities, folks. And ask yourself, if you're sitting around all day and supposedly you don't have to worry about money, how many kids are you popping out? And one of their initial arguments was that we were creating overpopulation. Again, this is the craziness of the solutions these people offer. So technology led to overpopulation. And now the solution to overpopulation is to allow the scientists and engineers to run the prison planet system under technology which then will lead to while people are sitting home and not working because they're only working 16 hours a week will lead to more people which will lead to more overpopulation which then will lead to their solution which is genocide which is eugenics and trust me folks eventually we'll get into this many of the people in this movement were also open eugenicists you see how it works i told you you let the scientists and engineers engineer and engineer and engineer, and before you know it, the solution is engineering humanity out of existence. Why? Because these people are crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, so you understand this? These guys just create problems. That's what they do. They create problems for them them to solve. You know, once they fix a number of problems, then they have to create more problems. I'm going to get into this in depth. I mentioned it to you several times. Uh, and we're going to eventually work this in. But I have an old documentary, a community organizer, Saul Alinsky, working his evil mag magic. And one of the things Saul Linsky talked about was 
basically taking, let's just say, a group of people in an inner city neighborhood and organizing them around the idea that they need new sidewalks. And so they fight and they fight and they fight until they get the new sidewalks. But then as he explains it, there's a plateau. And once you reach that plateau, the fog clears and there's another plateau. And that happens again and again and again. So he sends you, once he indoctrinates you into the idea of being a community organizer, into this endless march for progress with no actual end goal. And the idea was that eventually society would eat itself apart and it would collapse. And that is exactly what is happening here. Technocracy is based on progressivism. It never ends. There's no end goal in sight. You just keep progressing until the point that you actually engineer yourself out of existence. I'm telling you, this is this is what this leads to. There's no way around it. It is the only logical conclusion because these people will never be happy. So instead of looking backwards, as they would call regress, right? But instead of looking backwards and saying, listen, what if we shrunk government or had no government whatsoever? I'll take my chances with the bad guys because the government is the bad guys anyway. But if we had no government and it was strictly just freedom and liberty and people did what they wanted, which would be the far extreme to this technocratic prison planet, let's just say it was nothing. It was anarchy. There's nothing. And so you have true freedom and liberty. Then people do what they want. They barter, they trade. There's no government interference. No, this is a completely 180 degrees from that because this is 100% managed from the top down. And that's what they're doing. But they are so far away from the idea of freedom and liberty. Theirs is about total control. Let's continue with this article. It says, speaking to the World Government Summit in 2017, Elon Musk acknowledged that a guaranteed basic income would address only one part of the problem caused by technological unemployment. Quote, the much harder challenge is how are people going to have meaning? A lot of people derive their meaning from their employment. So if there's no need for your labor, what's your meaning? Do you feel useless? That's a much harder problem to deal with, end quote. So I would say the solution to this is what Yuval Noah Harari has said. Give the useless humans video games and drugs. And so let's look at what I talked about over several episodes, the rise of these Peter Thiel government-grown psychedelics, these Peter Thiel-backed government lab-grown psychedelics that they're rolling out, coupled with the VR and AR and entering the metaverse. That is video games and drugs, uh, or putting a chip in your head, Uh, not just monitoring your motions, but let's say tweaking you to make you always feel happy. There's a great movie with Christian Bale called Equilibrium. I suggest you check that out. Basically, every morning you get up and you put a shot in your neck to make you basically docile and conform to the dystopian state. And they go around with the government enforcers and they take away all the art, all the history, all the music. You basically get put to death if you get caught with any of this stuff from the old world. That's what they're advocating for. So whether it was in 1933 or it's now, this is what the technocrats want. Now, Elon Musk is smart enough to recognize the problem, the flawed thinking of someone 
like Howard Scott, maybe the naivete of him. We'll get into him more in the future and we'll figure out what actually drove him, what he actually believed. But when Elon Musk is talking about this, think of it this way. He says a lot of people derive their meaning from their employment. So if there's no need for labor, what's your meaning? Do you feel useless? Right? Well, let's say Elon Musk. Let's pretend that we start a system and we don't need him in the technocracy leadership and we strip him of everything and then we tell him, here's your energy tokens, pal. You get the same one as the lady that was a housekeeper at the Red Roof Inn. You get the same amount of energy tokens. You don't get to launch your rockets. You don't get to start your company. How do you think he'd feel about that, folks? We're going to strip you of your dignity, of your purpose, of your work, of your business. You just get to work 16 hours a week, Elon. And don't worry, because the rest of the time, you could lay around and knit if you can afford to buy yarn with your energy coupons. Well, that's if we decide to make yarn, because yarn might not be necessary inside of the technate under the scientists and engineers, because yeah, folks, as they manage the system and the production of the goods, they also get to choose what gets produced. So if they say, wait a second, basketball doesn't serve the system, then guess what? Basketballs don't get made anymore, because each one takes x amount of energy to produce and we really don't need those or if they say well we don't need scuba equipment anymore because people shouldn't be out there scuba diving so we're not going to create that anymore you see how this system works this is what we're moving into these guys get to pick and choose and decide because if there only becomes one giant factory that produces everything like santa's workshop that produces all the goods for the people living under the technate then that system, the guy in charge, Santa Claus, gets to decide what's made. So if all of a sudden all the mom-and-pop-type factories are gone, the mom-and-pop-type uh, stores are gone, let's say there's something you really like, and other people do too. Well, if it's not being made by the technate, you can't buy that. It's gone. If everything that you get to pick comes through Amazon, you can only buy what comes through Amazon. See, this is the system where they are in charge, total, complete, 100% top-down social engineering in control by the scientists and engineers. It goes on to say, Howard Scott was a tireless worker on behalf of Technocracy Incorporated, an organization he founded and led until his death in 1970. He spent most of those years traveling across North America, preaching his path to a better world. A book called Words and Wisdom of Howard Scott, prepared by a technocracy chapter after his death, runs to more than 2,000 pages. Scott was a polarizing figure, for better or for worse. He was always the public face of technocracy. At six foot five, Scott was an imposing figure with a deep, resonant voice aided by a lifetime of chain smoking cigarettes. Well, he was taller than me, folks. That's not fair. We need to give him energy coupons. He should get less than me because he obviously uses more energy when he walks around. I'm only six three. He was six five. That's not fair. 
See, this is the problem with a system like that. It goes on to say, in his public interactions, he often came across as arrogant and condescending, but most technocracy members were captured by his intelligence, charisma, and ability to reel off facts and figures about global industrial production. Right. And so I read some of his speeches last night, some of the interviews he gave last night. He does. He has the ability to rattle off all these numbers, very similar fashion to Yuval Noah Harari. But Yuval Noah Harari, is he's more like a little, uh, like you picture him in a little Nazi costume running alongside Hitler. Sir, sir, we have to tell you something. But uh, this guy is more like, oh, but I, uh, it's Howard Scott. He talks like this. You know, so he's got this really, really deep voice, but um, and he talks really slow. But this was back in the day when you do radio broadcasts and people were calm and they would talk about three, three words per minute. Um, it goes on to say, quote, he was on a different plane than regular people, end quote, recalls longtime technocracy member Ed Bleschmidt in a recent interview from his home in Pennsylvania. Bleschmidt said Scott, who he first met in the 60s, quote, would talk and explain things and smile and be friendly. But if you asked him a question, he immediately would spout off 20 minutes of something you couldn't even understand, end quote. Scott was also a savvy marketer with a flair for the dramatic. He liked to stage what he called, quote, symbolizations, end quote. These were spectacles designed to show the wider world that technocracy was a force to be reckoned with. The largest symbolization took place in June 1947. It was called Operation Columbia and involved a motorcade of hundreds of cars that proceeded up the west coast of the United States into British Columbia, where Scott delivered a speech to a capacity crowd of 5,000 people at the Vancouver Forum. I've seen pictures and some video clips uh, as I've been doing more research on this, and some of these events, folks, they look like Trump rallies. And then they had technocracy in this big, bold font, and their logo is like a, a yin-yang without the two dots uh, in red. It, it looked just like a kind of a Nazi-style thing. It says, in its public outings, Technocracy Incorporated had an oddly militaristic look. Oh, there we go. Its members, both men and women, wore tailored gray suits and drove cars that they also painted gray. They greeted each other with salutes. To Scott's critics, which included many of his former allies, the uniforms and salutes were evidence of a penchant towards authoritarianism. They considered him to be an egotistical blowhard. In fact, he appears to have seriously inflated his resume, falsely claiming to have an academic degree and work experience as an engineer. That last point mattered because in the technate, engineers and other experts would be in charge. And so up on the screen now, we're looking at a couple pictures. So they have the old, uh, I forgot what kind of cars they are, but basically the PT Cruisers that came out about 10 years ago. The one that uh, Skylar White and Breaking Bad bought for her son. Uh, they, they were modeled off these. So those gray kind of gangster cars. And then, uh, there, there's basically a sign up here. It says, yes, science can distribute our abundance, investigate technocracy now, technocracy Inc. And it's in that Nazi style propaganda font that they had back then in the forties. 
Uh, it actually says images above are stills from a documentary film produced by Technocracy Inc. in the 1940s. In the top photo, a Technocracy Inc. motorcade prepares to cross the border in British Columbia during Operation Columbia on July 1st, 1947. The second photo is a sign promoting Technocracy outside Victoria, British Columbia headquarters in 1942. So I actually have a copy excuse me folks i have a copy of that documentary so what we will do eventually i'll play that over at pain.tv slash go folks when i get back so much more but i find this stuff to be fascinating we're really understanding where this movement by peter thiel elon musk ray kurzweil and the rest of these guys came from folks you have to understand the history not so that we don't repeat it, because we are going to repeat it. We are in it. But you have to understand the history so you can understand what is happening now, and then we can predict where these guys are going in the future. In my future, I'm going to a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 